This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. That's not America. No, that's not America. Stand back and stand by. Yeah. You are listening to the Midas Touch podcast. Bold, bold start to the show, man. Just a bold start to our emergency podcast that we're airing today. That's all I got to say. This is Ben Micellis here, joined by my brothers, Brett Micellis and Jordy Micellis. Guys, we have a lot to talk about on this emergency podcast because America is in crisis. Of course, we've been in crisis for the past four years since Donald Trump was elected or somehow managed to become, I wouldn't even say elected, but somehow managed to become president of the United States. And I think when people talked about what our worst fears uh, could have been about a Donald Trump administration, I think we pretty much exceeded those worst fears. There was no fear that was no. There was no theory that looks too crazy in hindsight at this point. Yeah, there's none. It's unbelievable. And with uh, over three hundred thousand, approaching four hundred thousand preventable deaths caused by the coronavirus, with a insurrection led by Donald Trump against the United States of America, encouraging, provoking, conspiring with domestic terrorists to attack the United States Capitol yesterday to delay a pro forma certification of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as president and vice president of the United States of America. Um, we are in unprecedented times. Of course, the silver lining is that in 13 days from this recording, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will become president and vice president of the United States That's of America. Right. Um, but we have a lot to deal with. And yesterday, uh, January 6, 2021, is a date that will forever live in infamy in this country. But let me pass it over to you, Jordy, and uh, then we'll hear from Brett. Thanks, Ben. Uh, guys, what the fuck happened yesterday? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, is there any it's other crazy. way to put it? No. It was... I just nonstop a, a day that we should have been celebrating, right? The Georgia victories with the Senate seats with Osof and Warnick. We had to just full stop, watch the news the entire day and, and, and just sit in awe and utter disgust of what was happening. Now it's not like we didn't see this coming and it's not like the, it's not like the, the, the police, or, or, or the CIA or, or the FBI didn't see what was happening that was coming, right? Because on Parler, people were talking about this January 6th date for quite some time. Trump was talking about this January 6th date for quite some time. And just the sheer lack of, 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 of just... Can we start over? <laughs> just, just, just go with it. You gotta go with it, Jay. Go it's gotta go. With gotta the go with it. And by go the way, the we're 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 not cutting this out. This is this stays in the podcast. <laughs> Jordy, getting, Jordy getting tripped up and lost. It's staying in the podcast. It stays in the podcast. Not only does it stay. Not only does it stay in the podcast. We I'm will feeling a social it. media clip. That will be our new introduction <laughs> to all Midas podcast. Is Jordy getting so angry that he gets that that he gets tripped up? I got. Let me give. Let me give you a little bit. Unprepared. Why? Why was everyone yesterday so unprepared for what we knew was going to be a complete shit show? Let me give you. Let me give you a little bit of credit though, Jordy, too, and let me explain something to the viewers about you, Jordy, and and to our longtime viewers. They know that Jordy's been allergic to dogs uh, his whole his whole life. <laughs> Jordy had a very sil- serious allergy. We all had a dog, a West Highland White Terrier, tiny little dog we named Shaq after Shaquille O'Neal. And 
there was a lot of concern in second grade that, that Jordy was disrupting the class. In fact, there was a parent-teacher conference that took place between our mom and Jordy's teachers because he sneezed so much that the teacher said it was a distraction <laughs> to other students. And so we finally diagnosed the issue, which is that Jordy has a terrible dog allergy. And so what does Jordy do? Jordy gets a gigantic dog about six months ago. He's now back on the inhaler. Um, and so, so Jordy, while he's, Jordy, while the he's nation's in a, he's crisis, having, he's having, his own having crisis. a little health crisis right yeah. now. But Jordy, <laughs> yesterday it's okay. I watched the news while I, while I was using my nebulizer, I was watching the news using a nebulizer because I couldn't breathe because of my dog and I couldn't breathe because of what the fuck was happening on TV. Well, I, I get it, Jordy. And this is, this is Brett speaking, the third brother who uh, has not gotten an introduction yet, but I'll say what's up to all the <laughs> listeners. And uh, yeah, yesterday was a horrific day. I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it. And let's not put this any other way. It was a terrorist act committed by the president of the United States against America. And I wish that were a hyperbolic statement. I wish that was crazy and outlandish. And I wish I was saying something that was shocking. I mean, it is shocking, but I wish I was saying something that people could be like, oh, you're exaggerating here. Come on, guys. But no, the president of the United States orchestrated a terrorist attack on our country. This is one of the worst attacks in modern American history. Protesters storming the Capitol building. Terrorists. Looking, terrorists storming. Thank you. Terrorists storming the Capitol building, looking for Mike Pence's head. This was so insane. They broke to into kill, to, to kill him. They kill set him. up a they set up a noose and they were ready to hang Mike Pence and other congressmen and congresswomen yesterday. That's what they were ready to do. Guys, basically people, at the at the order of Trump, right? You listen to that speech and he's urging the violence. He's urging his base to get angry, to not roll over. And what what did Brett, Brett what did Rudy say? Well, I, I want to say this first. Let's not act like this happened overnight. This has been bubbling for the past four years since Trump was even running for office. He was sowing the seeds of this discontent of this conspiratorial way of thinking. And yesterday it just hit its boiling point and exploded. And it was all directly incited by the people who leaders who many people look up to and respect on this side of the aisle inciting these people to go and terrorize the United States. And here's just a, a brief example of some of the comments that we heard. Today is the day American patriots start taking down names and kicking ass. If you just roll over, if you don't fight. Fight for Trump! Fight for Trump! We Let's have trial by combat. You don't fight like hell. You're not going to have a country anymore. You have Rudy Giuliani saying, let's have trial by combat. Guess what? In America and in a democracy, we have trial by trial. And we had to endure over 60 frivolous lawsuits. 60 frivolous lawsuits, both federal, state, reaching the highest level of the Supreme Court with justices who Trump himself appointed to the positions of the Supreme Court, who all threw out every one of these frivolous cases on the merits, on the law, and just even saying these cases are so absurd, you don't even have standing. Now, what standing means is that you're not even the right person to possibly even bring the case. You can't even get into the stadium to play the sport, yet alone lose the sport. That's what standing is. Losing on standing is worse than even losing on the merits because you're the wrong person for the case. And in every one of these cases, on the merits, on the law, because of standing, Trump lost 60 cases with conservative Republican judges. Trump appointees. <laughs> Trump appointees. The thing is with Trump, he always, he, he runs with the idea that everybody should be loyal to his every whim. 
that if he appoints you to a position, that means forever and ever you should do his bidding. And now we're seeing the results of that with Mike Pence all of a sudden becoming public enemy number one, all these judges becoming publicly enemy number one, any senator or representative who decides to choose America over Trump is becoming public enemy number one. That's not how things work in a democracy. And who could have predicted that the man who went bankrupt over eight times, who was embroiled in literally thousands of litigations as a defendant for his misconduct, who could have predicted that he was going to bankrupt again everything he touched? You know who could have predicted? Anybody with half a brain could have predicted that. (laughs) And what was so shocking is that all of these people on the Republican side went along with this Ponzi scheme. They allowed themselves to get bullied, even knowing what they were getting themselves into. I mean, there's that clip of Lindsey Graham saying, the moment we embrace, the moment we embrace Trump, it will be the death of the Republican party. He said that in 2016, yet he encouraged and aided and abetted all of that conduct. And now after what we saw yesterday, he says, I'm through. I'm through enough with is this. enough, guys. I tried. I tried. It's like, fuck off, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> you were Trump's lapdog for the past four years. You gave into his every whim. And now you want to act like, oh, I'm better than this. It wasn't me, guys. Look, I'm the hero. Look, it's, uh, look. And he's like joking around on the floor after four people die, spilling blood in the Capitol over Trump's incitement and he has the nerve to just joke around and pretend to be some hero Lindsey graham fuck you and let's talk about what yesterday was what happened and how we got to where we are today yesterday was the certification process of the president and vice president and it's a fairly pro forma ceremonial event because all the electoral votes are already counted. You guys remember us sitting back and watching this process happen in 2016, right? You guys remember just (laughs) sitting back, watching the certification, watching Joe Biden. No, no one even like knew about these processes. The dates I'm aware of now because of the Trump presidency versus what I knew growing up. I mean, it's just hilarious. that Yesterday's certification was literally all about counting the votes that arrived in an envelope and literally reading the numbers. That was what yesterday was supposed to be. But in Trump's conspiratorial crazy world, it was to encourage a coup and to have the vice president single-handedly overthrow the democracy, to overthrow the Constitution of the United States, and to declare Trump the president, this was the psycho theory that was circulating on Parler and places of Twitter amongst crazy right wing and saying that Vice Pence had to do it when it became clear that Vice President Pence was not going to do it. What Trump believed was if he staged a coup, if he literally had his mob invade the Capitol building and occupy it by physically occupying the space you can't then count, at which point I presume in his crazy mind, he thought that he would be the president forever as long as the Capitol building was occupied. Um, So that was the plan. And what happened was the crazy terrorist, the domestic terrorist, the insurrectionist who Trump inspired all went into the Capitol building, which was completely ill-prepared. There's a reason today why the Capitol sergeant at arms has tendered his resignation. There's a reason that Nancy Pelosi has called for the head of police of the Capitol building um, to resign. But the Capitol building has very limited resources. Think about the Capitol police as like a college police campus. They're not really fully equipped to do the metropolitan policing. They don't have SWAT teams. They're not the the National Guard. But what they could have done is prepare appropriate barriers to create a perimeter um, and to do other things to basically safeguard. One of the things we were lacking here was the preparation from the FBI as well and the National Guard based on Trump's rhetoric, based on the rhetoric of everybody in Trump's orbit, that this was going to be a major domestic terrorist event. 
Um, but for the National Guard to be activated, you also have to have the consent of the Department of Defense. And of course, in this situation, the Department of Defense being completely politicized by Donald Trump. Remember, um, Trump basically has placed his people in key positions within the Department of Defense. There was no activation of the National Guard. The FBI was left completely feckless. And what you had was, you know, some police officers, you saw them trying to fight off those domestic terrorists, but ultimately they got overwhelmed. And you had people dressed in these ridiculous outfits, people with these bullhorns dressed as literally conquering barbarians, you know, run amok through there, you know, leading to the death of four people. I think one person was, you know, shot and killed. We'll get to her in a second, Ashley Babbitt. Um, and you had this scene though, that when broadcast internationally just makes such a mockery of this country. It makes it look like beyond a banana republic. In Trump's words, when he refers to other things as shithole countries, Donald Trump has turned America into the biggest shit world country in the world. That is what America is under Donald Trump, a broke, sick, shithole country. <laughs> and, and, it's this said, the first... and it follows a pattern of, of the projection that we've seen from Trump his whole, his whole presidency. Yeah, and this and this is the first time in America's entire history that we have not seen a peaceful transfer of power. And we got to remember that and we got to remember how historic this is. Uh, I guess the one good thing that we could take out of this uh, about these people not wearing masks at the rally is we know who all of them are. So we could identify all them. There are pictures. The FBI now is currently pursuing these people. The D.C. police is currently pursuing these people. And I hope there are a lot of arrests because as of now, I think there have only been about 80 arrests um, in relation to these people. But I hope there should be hundreds of arrests. What these people did was a violent act of insurrection, of treason, of terrorism against the United States. And one of the ironic things is, and I saw of all places, Fox News reporting this before, after people who were taking down Confederate statues and things months ago, Trump decided to sign an executive order that says anybody who does things to, who vandalizes federal property could be subject to 10 years in prison. And now this same order could be turned and used against the people who vandalized the Capitol building. And I hope that it is. I hope that these people do face consequences. Um, they're just the whiniest bunch of people ever. And then last night, I saw a clip of one of these women who was so shocked that she was in stuck, locked inside her hotel during a curfew. I don't know if you guys saw it. She was at yeah. like a, a Capital Marriott or, or something. And she's like, this is what life is going to be like under President Biden. I'm like... Girl, this is Trump's America, man. Like, what do you what do you think's happening? This is Trump's America. This is what you did. Like, how do they blame it on Biden? And today there was a report out that 52% of Republicans think that this insurrection was Joe Biden's fault, which I think leads us to our next topic, which is that there is a sickness in this country. There's an underlying brainwashing led by this conservative media fueled by Newsmax and OAN and Fox News that's been festering and now Parler. And that has really led to the result of this. And all these social media networks that are involved, all these entertainment quote unquote channels, they're leading to insurrection and they're feeding people with fake news. They're poisoning their minds. And that's what happened with Ashley Babbitt, I believe is her name, who ended up literally dying for this MAGA movement, dying for Trump, because she launched a terrorist attack on the Capitol and was trying to break into the area where she thought Vice President Pence was, and I believe she was shot by a secret security officer. This is the end result of Facebook, of Fox News, of Parler, of all these things. And let's just take a, a little listen to some of Ashley's posts leading up to this event, because I think it's important that you see the kind of mindset behind some of these followers that were at this event. 
We need to take back control of our country. Our Congress and our elected representatives work for us, and they seem to have forgotten that. So Trump comes in, okay, blows the bottom of, of the whole thing, okay, and now everybody's squirming because nobody knows what to do. Everybody on both sides, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, Congress has not done a goddamn thing in 37 years, and now all of a sudden they're being forced and made to work because Donald Trump is exposing everybody, black people, white people, Dems. I hate to say it, Donald Trump isn't exposing anybody the guy's just a dick like you got you got to just accept the guy's an asshole we don't not like him because he's conservative or because he's shaking up the system we don't like him because he's destroying america and the fundamental values of democracy and freedom and all the things that we stand for and this rally that everybody participated in this terrorist rally was a rally for fascism. It was a rally to overthrow the United States of America. In my eyes, I mean, that's the Taliban. That's ISIS. This is America. This is the American Taliban. I don't see any fundamental difference. I view Trump as like an Osama bin Laden-like leader. Bin Laden didn't fly planes into the tower. He incited and inspired and, and helped people do it. Trump is inciting and inspiring all these actions. He's helping people to attack our own government. Yeah, and Brett, to that point, there's blood on both of their hands, right? There's, there's blood on Donald Trump's hands. What he did yesterday was he incited that violent insurrection into the nation's capital, which led to that woman's death, which led to that woman's death. How crazy is that? From a, let's just take a step back. And, and I don't know much about her. You know, I'm sure she has, you know, loved ones and, and you know, family members I, and things. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's incredibly, it's incredibly sad. It's incredibly sad that what you know, he said during that out. rally, along with Rudy and his son, Don Jr. Led to that woman's death. No if, ands or buts about it. That's disgusting. He owns that. They own that. The GOP owns that. Ben, le- legally, what territory do you think we're in here? I think that we're in a territory where obviously, and we'll, we'll get to this shortly um, after the break with pursuing the 25th amendment, um, pursuing impeachment. Um, but obviously, regardless of Trump's executive order, an executive order is really a meaningless gesture. An executive order is basically saying, I'm going to be enforcing an existing law and an existing law would actually call for major felonies for the destruction of federal property and threatening to kill and have insurrections against uh, political leaders and federal officials. And so I think legally, um, we are going to see massive arrests. Um, Most of those people are easy to identify. Um, Those who are less easy to identify will be identified based on examinations of the people who were there, who trust me, will squeal when they're investigated and questioned by the FBI and realize they could be doing life in prison. Um, But for many of those people who were there, they could be facing maximum penalties that can include up to life in prison if they had the intent to kill and lead an insurrection, attempt to kill federal officials and lead an insurrection against the United States. But I think you'll see many of those people there ultimately being sentenced to jail times ranging from one year in prison to about 10 to 20 years of prison is probably the average sentence for people who who are going to be there. And so indeed, they will um, face serious legal consequences. And you know, a lot of them are bragging about it and and talking about it that's, openly about what that's they were the crazy doing. thing. They're all bragging about it on Parlor. They're all bragging about it across all social media. They're taking pictures. They're in their MAGA hats. They have their MAGA flags. They were Trump told them he loved them. Like there's every bit of evidence that you could ever want. Every photographic proof, every comment. Half the people in Parlor are bragging about the event yesterday. And then you have some congressmen and news personalities. And I use the term news incredibly lightly here and generously. <laughs> but you have some of these people who have the audacity, the nerve to say that, oh, no, the people who were violent were actually Antifa infiltrating. It was actually Antifa infiltrating the peaceful Trump protesters. And one of these just despicable human beings who went down this road is Florida man Matt Gates. I don't know if the reports are true, but the Washington Times has just reported some pretty compelling evidence from a facial recognition company showing that some of the people who breached the Capitol today 
were not Trump supporters. They were masquerading as Trump supporters and, in fact, were members of the violent terrorist group Antifa. Okay, so first of all, not true. Uh, second of all, Matt Gates, just a, like the biggest douchebag in Congress or in America. He's, he's definitely top, top three. Um, the facial recognition. He reminds me on that guy from Veep. Butthead? Like, oh, oh, my God, he's Jonah. Yeah, he reminds totally me of Jonah. like a, a radicalized MAGA Jonah is, yeah. is Matt Gates. And we're living and, in an episode of Veep right now, but it's way less funny. <laughs> just, we, no, we are living in a dystopian <laughs> Veep. If Veep became a horror show, you know, Veep meets Tiger King meets, you know, some, you know, scream. Um, th that's that's the world we're living in right now. And by the way, yesterday was an event that Trump called for. He said we will be marching down Pennsylvania Avenue. They gave the location of where they're going to go. And guess what? We know who these people are. We see their faces. We know the guy with the bullhorns is QAnon. We know these people are MAGA. We know we see their social media posts. And look, a lot of people outside of the total sicko echo chamber, though, are indeed condemning it. And, and I want us to get to that. I want us to get to um, the repercussions that we're seeing today in terms of impeachment and 25th Amendment. But we do have to take a brief break. The Midas Touch podcast will come back after these messages. Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast emergency episode. After the insurrection that we saw yesterday, what are the repercussions that we're seeing today? Well, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and our new Senate majority leader, the new Democratic Senate majority Hell leader, Let's <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Schumer, both called for the immediate removal of Donald Trump as president. They've sent a letter to Vice President Pence encouraging him to invoke the 25th Amendment, an amendment that has not been used in the history of the United States of America, but calls for when a president is incompetent, incapacitated, and can't fulfill his roles and obligations there too, to remove him from office. And in the event that Pence does not agree to invoke the 25th Amendment, uh, to impeach Donald Trump. And Nancy Pelosi just said today that she believes there is sufficient time within the next 13 days to conduct impeachment hearings. And let's talk about that briefly, because uh, impeaching and convicting would also have the effect of precluding Donald Trump from ever holding public office again legally. So there are important repercussions there as well. And even in the event that the conviction can't be ruled on in the next 13 days, the initiation of the proceedings will allow a conviction after the uh, administration concludes and the conviction would have those ramifications of precluding him from holding future office. Um, so that's where we are now as well. What do you guys think about that impeachment, um, 25th Amendment, uh, and should we do that now? Is that good for the nation right now? I think we need to because I think there needs to be accountability on, on this issue. And I think it's important for history that we show that these actions are not OK. Now, do I think that anything substantial in the immediate term is really going to come from these things? I don't necessarily because we still have an incredibly corrupted Congress. Um, I mean, we had yesterday seven senators still after this event be craven enough to try to engage in the sedition and overturn the results. And I want to say their names because everybody should know their names. Senator Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Cynthia Loomis, Roger Marshall, Rick Scott, Tommy Tuberville, and Cindy Hyde-Smith. These are all people who voted to challenge the results of a free and fair election, even after this insurrection. And then we have 120 plus congressmen who signed on to this. We had idiot Matt Gates, who we touched on before. I mean, there's a, there's a sickness in the Congress where I don't think Think we're necessarily going to be able to convict on these things. And Ben, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I think Pence and the cabinet have the capacity to remove Trump, but then Trump has the ability to then write a letter saying that he should be in office, which is then voted on by a two thirds vote in Congress. 
anyway after the fact. So I still think the likelihood of something like that happening is a little far-fetched, but I don't think that should preclude us from attempting it. And, and you need I, to put people on the record, and that's what's most important. I mean, the reason that those individuals or most of those individuals continued with their objections to support sedition is because they're looking to 2024 to run for president. And what they're specifically focused on is the primary process, not the general where more moderates vote in, but the primary process where their calculation is, is that in some of these early states to get yourself at a higher percentage in the polls to really support the MAGA audience. Because if you look, for example, even right now at recent polling in Georgia of Governor Kemp versus Congressman Connell, um, the Congressman is up about 20 percentage points over Governor Kemp um, amongst the Republican base. So they're callously calculating um, that they want to win these primaries. What they are neglecting in their very short-sighted vision is that history is not going to look fondly on Donald Trump. With each passing day and month, and as we get closer to 2024, the information that's going to continue to come out about all of the criminality of Donald Trump is going to be overwhelming. And it is going to show what a criminal he was. And so for a general election strategy, um, well, look what just happened in Georgia. We'll get to that you know, shortly. But people overall don't want criminality, fascism running this government. And the problem that we had and the void that Midas Touch filled is that those of us supporting democracy took it for granted. And people were not passionate and animated to go out there and support democracy the same way people were out there advocating for white supremacy and fascism. And Ben, I, I remember people kind of you know, early on saying like, are you sure you want to use language like fascism, like authoritarianism? Like, isn't that a little like too, too hard, a little too extreme? Like, don't you want to be a little more delicate and nuanced? And our whole thing was, no, we're going to call a spade a spade. We're not going to try to spoon feed this stuff in. And that's why I think Midas Touch has been successful also, because we're not afraid to call it what it is. No doubt about it. And now we've got a chorus of resignations uh, within the White House. Real bravery, um, fellas, real and, and, and women. We have the resignation of the transportation secretary, Ellen Chow, who is also Mitch McConnell's wife. Uh, Mick Mulvaney, who used to be the chief of staff, resigned as the special envoy to Ireland. Real uh, profiles real and courage here. <laughs> and I think Mick Mulvaney also said that he's spoken to a lot of the people in the White House and pretty much everybody wants to resign. Um, but what they are afraid of is by resigning would Trump have worse people that he would then appoint. But if that's where we're at, that you're worried that Trump can't even have a functioning government within your resignation, he clearly, and if he needs a babysitter, this man should not be anywhere near the nuclear codes. By the way, this, this has been the excuse from the beginning of the Trump administration about these people resigning. They always were, you know, the first to go to the New York Times or whatever publication to talk about Trump and how horrible and how psychotic it is. And then they would say, oh, yeah, but they need some adults in the room. We need some adults in the room. So I need to stick around. This was a thing with General Kelly and Mattis. And we learned that it, uh, no one's doing a thing. This guy's a loose cannon. This guy's going to be psychotic, whether, whether you're there or not. He doesn't care about you. He cares about himself. He cares about his own profits. He cares about his own power. And he's not going to listen to you. He's not going to give he, a fuck about you. You know what? Here's where I'm actually going slight, to slightly disagree with That's you That's not allowed on this show, Jordy. <laughs> In this instance. And, and, and here's why. Look, if you wanted to abandon ship with Trump prior to the election, great. That's patriotic. I commend you for that. If you're going to do it now, I almost see it as an act of cowardice. What unfolded, what unfolded yesterday, January 6th, was absolutely pathetic and appalling. And if you're going to leave now and not try to hold the man accountable who put you in your positions with whatever power you could do, well, then I think you're a coward. I think you need to stay where you are Fight for this country if you actually believe that the man is a lunatic. Now, look, you've, you've made your bed, lay in it, but lay in it in a way that helps save this democracy. Do not abandon ship right now. Save us by, 
by getting this guy out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And talking about, though, I think true profiles in courage, not the bullshit mockery of these, of these bullshitters who are resigning now. You know, th- there were some things that did work about our government, you know, through this attempted coup process. I mean, let's and let's give credit where credit is due in our federal system. Let's look to the judiciary. Um, A lot of Trump appointees saw the bullshit cases. And trust me, Trump thought that these people were just going to go out of Rudy's head. It was pretty easy to see. (sighs) Yeah. But Trump thought that these people were the same clowns that are in Congress and were going to go along with whatever he claimed and, and embrace the bullshit. And frankly, I was a bit nervous seeing their biographies on paper and seeing that Trump appointed a lot of them. But to their credit, they recognized and respected that they take an oath to the United States Constitution and they summarily struck down all of these bullshit cases that Trump filed. Another profile in true courage are state election officials. There was a lot of state legislative officials who are profiles and cowardice um, who were going and having Don Perry on with Donald Trump and trying to finagle a way to pull off the coup. But ultimately, when we look, for example, in Georgia, um, the Republican Secretary of State, Raffensperger, um, stood up and stood his ground against Trump throughout this entire process. We've now learned that Donald Trump did not just try to call Raffensperger once, but over 18 times, like some sick stalker in a relationship, Raffensperger didn't want to take those calls. And finally, took a, and by the way, Raffensperger and the other election official there who runs the election management system had both debunked all of the fraud. They were proud of the free and fair election system, although they were disappointed that the elections went democratic. They recognized we still live in a democracy, but Raffensperger had the uh, integrity and the realization that he needed to tape the Trump call. He claims he didn't tape it himself. I'm not sure how fully I believe (laughs) if he was or wasn't the one who taped it, but clearly he acknowledged in the only way he could acknowledge that somebody in his office ended up taping it and it was released to the Washington Post. And with that exposed was the fucking weirdo as the president of the United States, (laughs) not just the sick fucking weirdo who you can see the just the weird shit that goes through his mind. And he is a relentless mobster fucking stalker thug who would not give up doing all of these approaches that are just so classic of an abuser from trying to coddle and say, hey, I know you're great, to, to then threatening, to then yelling, to going through the entire this spectrum. Whole- It's psychological abuser behavior to a T, like textbook, textbook, textbook behavior. And I've said before, this guy is so evil that we forget how fucking weird he is. He's the most bizarre guy because he lives in these conspiracy theories. And that's why I do think he believes him. I think he believes his own bullshit, even though. And let's think about the calls that we know that were recorded of Donald Trump. Uh, There was a call that was recorded where he talked about we need to grab women by their pussies, okay? That was one call that was recorded. Um, The next call that we know was recorded was him threatening the Ukrainian prime minister that America was not going to give any support unless they basically supported Donald Trump's defense in, in in the trial where Donald Trump was aiding and abetting Russia's influence and intrusion into our election process. And then the other recorded call that we have is this recorded phone call where Donald Trump was yelling, screaming, doing all this weird shit with Raffensperger, telling him to find the votes for him. I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. 
which is one more that we have, because we won the state. And flipping the state is a great testament to our country. Because So those were the three phone calls that we know were recorded. Let's just think about for a second the calls that were not recorded. Um, and the thousand, this is how he's spoken to world leaders. This is how he's spoken to politicians. This is how he's spoken to business leaders. He is a shithead, dumb, mafioso wannabe who became the president and has caused profoundly disturbing amounts of destruction in this country. Also, I want to know, like, what are his calls with other Republican leaders in this country? What has he said to Ron DeSantis? It's pretty clear to me that Trump has been trying to rig this thing the entire time, whether it was through the mail or anything else. And that's why he's so shocked and appalled yes. that he this is what This is what his call was probably to Postmaster DeJoy. DeJoy, this is Donald Trump. I need you to, this is what I need you to do for me, okay? I need you to, I need you to shut down the mail. I need you to shut it down and shut down the mail system because these mail ballots, they're all democratic and we need to shut down the mail ballots. Are you listening? Because DeJoy, let me tell you, if you don't shut down the mail ballots, you're going to have some real issues. I'm not saying I'm going to give you the issues, but you're going to have real issues coming your way from, I, I don't know who, but you're going to have problems. <laughs> Your family's going to have problems, and that's what's going to happen if you don't shut the... That's the conversation. Do you have any doubt whatsoever oh, that that no, was an example, other than my shitty Donald Trump impression? That was his I, call I, with the joy. I thought Donald I, I, Trump was in the room with us, personally. Yeah, I, I was I, like, I holy shit, this... We found him. Let's let's arrest him. We got him. DeJoy, let me tell you what you need to do. You so need I, I, to, you I need. So, I so respect just Ben's commitment to just, just go for it. And he goes for it all in. And you would think that in our world of politics, of news, Donald Trump having that phone call with a state secretary in such ridiculous terms in such illegality of terms that that would dominate the news cycle, that that would be a major story. And by the way, we could put a little asterisk there because mark my words, that was an illegal call and Donald Trump will be prosecuted by the, by the AG in that state for doing that. I it was a perfect no call, Ben. ben, ben I, I, heard it was a per, I heard it was a perfect call. Ben, from a legal Many people are telling me <laughs> that that call was the perfect phone from best a, call from, anyone's from, ever heard. From a legal perspective, that call and those tapes are significantly worse than the Nixon tapes. Yes. Oh, they're 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 way worse than any of the Nixon tapes. And uh, federal prosecutors have convicted people on one one thousandth of the criminality that was in that tape. And to look at it, you have to have two states of mind in criminal. The actus reus actually committing it and the mens rea, which is the just mental up, state. He's just making up words which is now, the mental, yeah, no, Which is the mental so state. And so here he's done the action and clearly has the intent behind the action. It's a slam dunk, open, open and shut case against Donald Trump. But the good news, fellas, and let's pivot if we can, away from uh, the seditious attempt at overthrowing our government and Donald Trump's criminality in that phone call with Raffensperger. But let's focus on something positive because we at Midas Touch have poured our heart, our soul and energy with our supporters, our donors, with the local grassroots groups we've worked with on Georgia to remove from office two of the worst human beings who ever held the title of, of Senate, alluding Leffler and Chicken Purdue names that we coined at Midas Touch with, which implemented magnificently and, and were embraced as the perfect framing of, of who they were. But let's just say it, we won Georgia. We Woo! won Georgia. Yes. Looting Leffler has become LFG. Looting Leffler has become losing Leffler. 
and Ooh. I cannot be more excited about it. Well, guys, we worked our asses off on this, and, and so did everybody out there listening. We've been laser-focused on Georgia now for the last, since the end of the election. We've been just targeted on Georgia, and one of the things we decided to do early on was we were going to put as much resources as we can in the field, in the groundwork, in these one-on-one -on -one interactions with voters, in turning out these voters in areas that we expect Democrats to come out with, but also in rural areas where Democrats don't usually show. And the turnout for Democrats was through the roof. We knocked out Purdue and Leffler, and we elected both two seats. Both seats. And, and we elected two fantastic senators who are going to have an incredibly bright future in Democratic politics. We have Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. And I could not be more excited about this. That means Kamala Harris will be the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. We'll be able to move through a lot of legislation now. We, and, and now we got to fight for all the things that you know we as Democrats want to push for. Let's get let's get those two thousand dollar checks going. Let's get some other COVID relief for small businesses. Let's pass a better health care plan. Let's do things and work for the people and deliver on these promises that we have made. And, and I'm not just happy we, just that we won really quickly. When Brett said we, I just wanted to make sure everybody knows that we're talking about the entire Midas Mighty. All of them yeah. out there with us. Every, Amazon. seriously, every retweet, every dollar, every, every phone call, every text message. You guys sent over 330,000 text messages to voters the day of. I mean, that's real. That's real shit right there, guys. It's and, and I want to spoke. Yeah. And I want to speak to to even broaden the we obviously, you know, we did what we could do in the in the smaller sense of the we, which is what Midas Touch can do and what Midas Touch can accomplish. And I was so thrilled that we were one of, had one of the biggest presence of any group there. But there were so many groups um, from representing the Latino community to the black communities, from the work of Stacey Abrams to the work of Stacey Abrams, man, an American hero. <laughs> a lot of, we, uh, this whole country has a debt of gratitude to, to Stacey Abrams. And, and just the work that all people were doing who wanted to support democracy and who recognized that Leffler and Purdue, who used their positions to enrich themselves personally, was not representative of Georgia, was not representative of what America is or what America should be. And I'm just so excited that we have not just the Democratic majority, but we, as you said, Brett, have two really good people who are good in their heart and who want to accomplish goals for the people who are not focused on enriching themselves and lining their pockets and who will pursue an agenda that's for the people. And, and that's where we have to go. We have to, in some sense, this QAnon cult. Remember, Brett, we spoke to Diane Benskitter, who was an expert on cult behavior. It's very hard to break through cult behavior. But it's very important as us as big D Democrats and supporters of small D democracy to deliver for the people on what that means, to remind people that government can work again for the people, to truly drain the swamp and the swamp being most embodied in the corruption of people like Leffler and Purdue and Donald Trump and the nepotism of Trump's and, and what Trumpism has come to embody. And Brett, one of the most uh, events that just so typifies who Leffler is, <laughs> is, is yesterday when she took the Senate floor and said, nope, she will no longer be objecting uh, to the vote. And this came after. So let's let's set the stage, though. January 4th was her big moment. Uh, Trump was holding a quote unquote rally for her. <laughs> David Perdue was quarantined due to COVID exposure. So he says, I don't know, the guy's been hiding his entire Senate career. So why show up now? And Leffler, Trump gives Leffler like not even five minutes to come on the stage. And she, of course, uses it in the most disingenuous, just awkward way possible. And she comes up there and delivers this uh, message, which she then had to take back yesterday, just two days or not even like 24 hours after the fact. Let's hear it. On January 6th, I will object to the Electoral College vote. 
The events that have transpired today have forced me to reconsider, and I cannot now in good conscience object to the certification of these electors. Oh, what changed? What changed, Kelly? What changed? It's kind of everything we've been saying about her, which is that she was always a spineless, corrupt person who just went with wherever the wind was, had no real care or concern for the people. And, you know, she was an aider and a better of sedition. And so was, frankly, not that I even deserve to talk about this man even deserves to be talked about on the podcast. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Leffler's communications (laughs) director, deputy (laughs) campaign manager, Stephen Lawson. Little Stevie. Little Stevie. Stevie. Where'd you go, little Stevie? Stevie, I'm looking at you, you seditious traitor. You despicable, (laughs) disgusting human being. You may have blocked me on Twitter for calling you out as the worst political operative in the history, but don't think the Midas Mighty has forgotten and don't think that I have my eyes on you, Stephen the Traitor Lawson. And little Stevie, I've let's, got let's, my eye on you. You said you were very proud of the campaign you ran. And let me just tell you, you shouldn't be. It was a disaster of a campaign. You had a horrible candidate and you trafficked in division, in hate, in conspiracy theories, in racism. Stevie Lawson, let me tell you about Little Stevie Lawson. Let me tell you about Stevie Lawson. Stevie Lawson thought that he was some fucking rock star wanting to boost his Twitter fucking presence and looks like a piece of shit fool. Stevie Lawson. Stevie Lawson, you embarrassed the country. You embarrassed the family. And Stevie, you know what? I'm telling my brothers to post this clip so you live in infamy on a Midas Touch video. Make Stevie Stevie famous. Hashtag make Stevie famous. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. right. I had my Stevie. Enough cyberbullying for the day. Talking about being blocked on social media, Stevie Lawson, you traitor, blocked (laughs) me. Um, Let's talk about real traitors who are blocked, uh, uh, other real traitors who are blocked on social media. Um, Donald Trump, thankfully, now that the Democrats are controlling both houses, I guess social media companies like Facebook and Snapchat are finally growing a spine now. Uh, to block Donald Trump. So but, Snapchat way, and quick, Facebook, what, what, what a coincidence that is that they're blocking him now when the Dems have both the Senate and the yeah. House. So. Suddenly the Dems are able to legislate real, against them. Real, and they're like, oh, we better take action. <laughs> real fucking brave, guys. So we have Snapchat and we have Facebook, which have, quote, indefinitely banned. Oh, Snapchat Don- too? Snapchat too. Indefinitely banned. Ban- Snapchat? What's he said? What kind of pics is, is, is Trump sending on Snapchat? Tiffany must little, be running little nubby, little nubby, yeah. Trumpy. You got to take this. You got to make sure Don Jr. doesn't get a hold of that account because yeah. it would just be a disaster. Yeah, he's doing nubby dick pics and pieces of the little shit in his diaper. Those are the Donnie. <laughs> those are the Donnie Snapchats that we could expect. I don't know if Donnie has a as a a TikTok where he's shaking his little diaper ass, but uh, uh, he's not because we would laugh him off. We would laugh him off. But he could stay. He could join Parlor if he wants to. But he's but, on and, Facebook and, he's been, and Instagram. And he's, been tempor- and he's been temporarily banned. I don't know if it's been extended on Twitter. And Twitter said that if he doesn't voluntarily remove his seditious tweets, they will continue to ban him, which is an interesting approach because I doubt Donald Trump will. It's it's a nice, actually, strategic approach, but being a little bit chicken, which is Donald Trump, if he doesn't delete those tweets, they'll continue the ban. Also, they said it's a last strike. So if he engages in any sort of behavior again, and they left it very ambiguous, that goes against their civic safety policy, they'll ban him permanently. I think they're setting it up to, to just ban him from the service. And I think it's, it's been a long time coming, and I think it's something that they have to do. They have to do it for the safety of this country. I mean, it's and it's, one of the pieces yeah. of breaking news we, why they should do it. One of the pieces of breaking news as we're recording this podcast is the United States attorney of Washington, D.C. said that it will be investigating Donald Trump's comments 
um, in provoking the seditious behavior, which means that Donald Trump may indeed be prosecuted and likely yeah. will be prosecuted yeah. for his conduct. And that is breaking right now as we are Love recording this podcast. The D.C. prosecutor, the United States attorney from Washington, D.C., saying they will be initiating an investigation into Donald Trump's behavior. But it actually has felt better with him off of social media because he literally uses that platform to preach hate, to preach sedition and to inspire uh, disinfo and to provoke what we saw the other day. He should be banned from these social medias for life. And we should be making sure that these prosecutors do indeed hold him accountable and send that message. Here's the uh, good, the good news that I think we could take from every, all the craziness that happened this week. We have two amazing senators coming in. I think now Everybody with half a brain and a conscience will start to wake up and see what they have aided and embedded in aided. What, what am I trying to say? Aided and aided abetted and abetted. Aided and aided abetted. And abetted. Aided. 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 Ow, ow, ow now, brown no, cow. Bro. Here's um, why Brett's having trouble with that. It's because on Twitter we embed tweets. So that's why he, he's exactly. just aided, aided and abetted uh, this behavior. I think there may be some people who begin to snap out of this. Now, these representatives in these heavy gerrymandered districts who are trying to appeal to this Trump base, I don't think they will necessarily anytime soon. But I think you're starting to see it. And I think we saw that like with Leffler and with other senators backing down after the events happened yesterday. Joe Biden's going to be president in 13 days. Let's write the course of this country. Let's start to hold people responsible. Merrick Garland has been nominated for attorney general. We didn't get to touch on that, but that's good news. And I'm, I felt bad for Merrick Garland over these past few years, man, after he got after he got screwed out of the uh, the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court yeah. seat, but but now he's going to be in government. We're going to be able to get Biden's nominations through fairly easily. This nightmare could end sooner than we think. But these next 13 days are going to be fucking long. 2021 has already been a long year. January 6th was a long year. <laughs> and and then- Brett and Jordy, I have a question for you that are. Uh, millions of supporters and listeners want to hear about, which is where does Midas Touch go from here? Well, I think one of the best examples of, of where it goes from here is what you saw from us in the past 24 hours. Immediately as things were happening yesterday at the Capitol building, we put together a video to hold Trump and his enablers accountable. We're actually about to release another one, which you'll probably see by the time this podcast is released. And I think that's incredibly important because people on Capitol Hill are listening to you. They're listening to us. So we need to make noise. We need to constantly be holding people accountable. We need to hold the Sedition Caucus accountable, all these senators, all these Congress people. We need to continue to elect Democrats, and we need to continue to fight for progressive policies that are going to help people. And one of the things we're we're holding accountable too, and Jordy, I'll pass it to you from where we go from here also, is we need to hold private citizens accountable for their support of sedition. And that's an initiative that I've really been very focused on as a lawyer, focusing on lawyers um, from big law firms who got big checks while aiding and abetting Donald Trump and sedition, exposing them, making sure they're fired and making sure big firms don't provide safe harbors and give lots of money to these seditionists lawyers and people who took an oath to uphold the And to law. that point, let me just say, you have freedom of speech. You don't have freedom of consequence of your speech. You got to own it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And, and, and Jordy, where do you see Midas Touch going from here? Look, we're always going to hold truth to power. We're always going to speak truth to power, right? 2022 is coming up real soon. We have all the receipts of these Trump Republicans. We know what they said. We know who they endorsed. We know what their values were now. We're going to know what their values are coming up. And we're going to hold everything that they've done in the past against them and get Senate seats and more seats to Democrats. And Marco Rubio, you little spineless coward. I would say this to Democrats. I'm going on a rant about Marco Rubio for a second. Hold on. Because he blocked because he blocked his Twitter replies today. He he decided to block his Twitter replies because he knew the shit he was going to get by saying that he was very concerned that some people may have stirred some resentment that led to the insurrection events of yesterday. And Marco Rubio, 
We are coming for you. We have eyes on your seat if Ivanka doesn't take it from you first. And we need to not be complacent as Democrats. We were too complacent in 2016. We were too complacent in the midterms when Obama was elected president. Do not take democracy for granted. There are two political parties right now. There's the major parties. There's the Democratic Party, and then there's the fascist party of Donald Trump. Two political parties. Maybe there will be a split within the fascist party of Donald Trump, and there will be a Lincoln-style Republican Party that stands for, I suppose, what conservatism is supposed to be, although it's been so morphed and mutated that I don't even know what that is. But clearly, we have two parties, a Democratic Party that supports big D and small d democracy, and we have the fascist party of Trump that we need to be aware of. Donald Trump was a warning. Donald Trump was a warning. It could get worse than this in the future. We owe it to ourselves, our family, our parents, our ancestors, and our future generations to never let this ever happen again. And so for all the people who supported Midas Touch, the Midas Mighty, for everyone who was activated, do not take this for granted. Do not take this for granted one second. We need you to start now thinking about 2022. We need you right now to help us continue to expose Trumpism and the lasting remnants of it. We need you with the same focus, the same intensity that won us the Senate and the presidency of the United States. Amen, Ben, and a woman. And on that note, <laughs> did anybody got on, uh, uh, <laughs> on, on that on that note, Jordy, you want to uh, you want to close us out with a breath from your inhaler? I'd love to do that. I don't have the inhaler on me right now, so you sound like you're out of you sound like you're out of breath right. Now. I, I need it really badly, so that's why that's why we're cutting the episode short. But shout out to the Midas Mighty. We love you guys. Let's go. Let's keep. Thank fighting. you. Everybody. This was the emergency episode of the Midas Touch podcast. Tune in next week wherever you get your podcasts from. Tell your friends about the Midas Touch podcast and where they could download the podcast. This has been Micellus, co-founder of Midas Touch. Thank you for listening. Oh,